1: All right. Well, hey, welcome to the war room today. We got a special guest, Casey. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Um, Also, a a fellow gut enthusiast like me, um, which is great. Love that. Um, And I was actually watching your video uh, in Nevada right before this at your last show you did down there and uh, yeah pretty cool stuff awesome stuff and i see you got a 2023 event coming up and uh yeah it looks great man looks like you guys are you're figuring some stuff out no doubt about it
0: no shortage (laughs) of stuff going on for sure
1: well there never is in businesses there. (laughs) that's for sure no
0: staying busy i tell people all the time staying busy isn't the problem it's just making money while you're busy that's the hard part wow wow
1: that's true well before we go there um why don't you uh tell the audience just a little bit about you your company and what your superpower is superpower
0: that's a good one <laughs> um, Casey Betzold is my name. Um, I uh, I have a number of companies, or, or and work with a lot more. Um, I have a company called Operator Coffee. The the hat I have on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I own that business, and um, which is a coffee roasting business. And I have a company called Antares Alliance, which is a, a networking company, a veteran first responder, small businesses. Um, owned and or supporting small businesses that are looking for business help and so business is kind of the flavor of the day as far as the stuff that we do
1: yeah good stuff for sure yeah and so is what's your history what is your do you come from a family of entrepreneurs business owners anything like that um take us through that take us through that journey yeah
0: um, I mean, growing up, I grew up in a household with a, with a stay-at-home mom and a working dad. Uh, my dad worked in the sawmill industry for, for a long time, about 25 years, I guess, and, uh, and came up through a, you know, a local sawmill business in Idaho, in Southern Idaho. And, um, and then uh, when I started high school, um, my dad had a, a business change and um, they were making changes in that you know, lumber and logging era. Sawmills were starting to close. Things were starting to to change, and so he ended up getting into uh, started his own company and and um, launched a construction business, building pole structure buildings and barns. And so all through high school, I worked. My brother and I worked with him doing that. And um, and then I went off to college and went into the ROTC program. We went into the Air Force to to go fly, and that was that was kind of that piece as far as you know the household growing up goes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if so you, you you grew up in that. So how did that? Was that a major influencer? Obviously, you you did service and all that stuff too. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, but, without question, it was an influencer because yeah. um, as a as a hard headed teenage kid who knows everything, like we all <laughs> did. <laughs> I uh I used to get super frustrated at my dad because we'd we'd go from one job to the next job to the next job to the next job. And I kept asking him, well, why why don't you like hire people and run multiple crews at once? So there's multiple projects going at once. And um, you know, his answer was always, if I'm running my job and it's just me doing it, um, I don't have to babysit other than you guys here every day. And um, and I can I can plan out my job so when it's elk season, I can go elk hunting and not not worry about it. That was his whole methodology. So if I can make enough to provide for the household and I can schedule out the things I care about in life, which for him was going elk hunting every year, then, um, then I can scale the business that way. And as a kid, I was super frustrated by that because I go, oh, there's so much more ability to go make a living and, and have more jobs going and have more people working for you to generate, you know, kind of a small empire kind of thing because, you know, he was climbing up and down a ladder and falling off buildings and, you know, all sorts of fun stuff that happens in construction. And just go, this just doesn't seem like the best idea. But of course, being a kid, that's, that was just my viewpoint. So I told him, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go figure out how to work smarter and not harder because this manual labels st- labor stuff sucks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I, you know, from my about eighth grade on, I'll, all I want to do is go fly airplanes. And so I, um, I focused on that and, uh, I didn't necessarily have any desire at that age to go into the military. I didn't think about that as the avenue to go fly airplanes. I was thinking about flying commercial aircraft and that kind of thing. And so had a a family member who was uh, my mom's cousin who flew for Alaska airlines for his whole career. Mm -hmm. And he goes, the best way for you to go fly airplanes and fly commercial aircraft is to go fly military aircraft first. So that was kind of the introduction into that deal. And he hadn't done it that way. He, He went all the way through the commercial, um, training and then got into the, got into the commercial pilot stuff and finally got a big gig with Alaskan. So, um, that was the plan going in. And then, you know, life, life changed on the course of that. I ended up going into pilot training for after the ROTC program and, and, um, and then September 11th happened right as I was ready to start pilot training. And of course everything changed. And so I had a I, I didn't have a military family background either. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into there. So I had a guy that, uh, pulled me aside and he said, Hey, you know, you got kids and there's everything's changing. Like you're, you're going to be gone for the next 10 years if you finalize this path. And I was already in pilot training. So I was like, turned upside down a little bit going, well, if, uh, if that's the case, like, I don't even know what else the military offers. Cause the only thing I've ever thought about was flying airplanes. So, mm-hmm. um, ended up in an acquisitions role, which was the business side of the military and doing defense contracts. And, uh, that's where the business stuff, started i i got a geography degree as my undergrad and, and hadn't thought about business really other than that it went back all the way back to my dad and working with my dad on that job and him running a business going i could do this this is uh i think this is an interesting thing so military paid for my master's degree and i i got my mba and went back into the business side that way and and stayed in 7 years and then got out and been been in some element of business ever since started with the big corporations before i ever started my
1: own but yeah Nice. Yeah. I mean, I grew up that same, not construction, but I grew up, uh, grew up on a farm and, and, you know, constructions every day on a farm. (laughs) Yeah. No, the farm, farm
0: was next door. My grandfather's uh, had a farm. My mom's side of the family are all farmers. Um, They just started, I think the sixth generation of farmers this uh, last year, the grandson, great grandson took over the, took over the business. So, Oh wow. There's a, had all the farming stuff next door. We actually live next door to the farm and, and dad had a construction business. So I got, I got to take both of those.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's what's home. Where's home.
0: I grew up in Emmett, Idaho, just North of Boise mm. in, in Idaho and then bounced around in the military. And, and I probably bounced around more non-military um, after I got out in the business sector than anything else. Kind of been all over the country.
1: So, wow. I, I, I'm pretty sure. That's where my vice president grew up. Same place. Shelby hmm. Joe Long Hammond. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: It's not a big place, but yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, her family's got a huge ranch around there. Um, so that's it always just amazes me how small of a world it is. <laughs> yeah. That's <is> a fact. <laughs> how small of a world it actually is, that's for sure. But 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 no, I mean I grew up that small town. My hometown had like freaking two hundred people in it. Growing up, oh, that's a small one, yeah. And uh, class of twelve, dating sucked. Um, they were all oh, my rel- they were all my relatives. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I think I had twenty
0: two cousins in school at the same time. I was school. Right. school was a little bigger. A five that town of five thousand people when I was a kid, but I had a lot of family in town for sure. Yeah,
1: we had to drive twelve miles away to look for for a companionship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was the competing town of everything. So yeah, you know, you lots of fighting and all oh, that sure. good of stuff, man. Sure, small town rivalry and everybody knows everybody's business and. Ain't no secrets in a town that small, man. No, no, for sure. <laughs> Victoria left them all somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, well, gosh, how did you end up getting into, you know, this world of pulling all these companies together and and creating this like massive, really awesome machine that you got going? Yeah, pretty, I um... am cool
0: it's been a lot of fun actually, but yeah, there was a journey to get there. Of course. Um, I, uh, I, you know, working in the defense contractor world, the thing that the, the reason I got out of the service was because of the, the, just everything moving so slow. So, you know, so political and so bureaucratic and, and, you know, you're working with taxpayer dollars and you're trying to do your best to be a steward of them and you find out how that system works and it gets frustrating. And, and I was, I've always been really aggressive, driving, 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 passionate about what I do. Grab everything, you know, with both hands and kind of tackle it. And so it was—it was really frustrating for me to watch how the defense contracting space worked. Um, and from the program management side in the Air Force, it was—it was—it was a challenge. I worked in the nuclear nuclear missile sustainment program, is what I did most of my acquisitions projects in, which was I learned a ton doing it. It was really, really interesting. Um, and uh, and had some good friends along the way that I learned a bunch from. Um, when I got out of the service, I went to work for ATK, which doesn't exist anymore, but it's it's now Vista Outdoors and mm. uh, and Orbital um, on the space side. So they kind of uh, split split uh, segments. But I started on the space side, actually working in the uh, in a um, like a missile a missile system stuff similar to what I was doing on the military side initially. I was there a short period of time. know now you're working for a mega corporation you know multi-billion dollar company um so that was that was an education all in itself as as to where i didn't feel like it was incredibly different from the military side because it was big and it was slow and it was bureaucratic and political and all the same stuff so it looked looked the same just a different different outfit every day so i um i had an opportunity to swap into the sporting goods side of atk um, which is now vist outdoors and um and really got got into a scenario that I didn't ever expect to be in, which I started in international sales and I started traveling all over the world doing doing gun and ammo and accessory sales in markets all around the world. I had Asia and Australia, New Zealand as my territory, um, which was really interesting because in the military I never left the country. So a lot of people get in the military to go see the world. I never left the country. And then I got out of the military and then, you know, had this international job. So I went from there to, uh, I was there with them about five, six years. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a big corporate atmosphere. And, and the issue I had in the military was the same issue I was still having, which was, you know, just the politics involved in a big corporate business structure. And so I went from there and thought, well, if I go to a family owned business, um, maybe that'll be different. So I went to work for Beretta. Um, Beretta was a, a bigger challenge in a lot of ways because there was family dynamics going on within the Beretta family and who was competing with who, and there's two brothers that kind of compete with each other. So we were all kind of the products of that. So that was a, that was a challenge in a different way. Um, but I learned a ton about the firearms industry there cause I was mostly, I was heavy on the ammo side and in uh ATK and then got into the firearm side. And then I spent some time with Fioki. um, which is ammo company lived out in Missouri and worked at the U S facility and, um, ran the sales team there and, and, uh, had a heck of a good time in that company. And it was, it was moving towards being sold. And so we were, we were moving towards the corporate space. So I, it started out really great and then shifted toward the corporate side of things. Um, well, kind of in the midst of all that, um, between jobs and just really frustrated with the corporate environment I, I was just I had a I had a guy tell me that um, one of my international customers actually he sat down with me in the Philippines and he said, you know the problem isn't uh, them it's you and I was and I was you know of course taken aback like what, what do you mean like what I'm working my tail off for these companies trying to do a good job and, and he goes that's not what I mean he goes you're you're not you're not wired for the way that the corporate environment works He said you you need to do your own thing. And he goes, it's going to be really scary, but that's really where you're going to find happiness. And, and, uh, I thought about that and and that was before Fiocchi. So I, I went, you know, and I went into another job and thought, well, thought about it for a while and, you know, started a company called Interiors Alliance, you know, six years ago, um, with the thought process of, um, of just working with small companies, guys that were getting out of service that had a really cool product idea. And, um, and didn't know what the heck to do next. It was like, hey, I was, I served for 20 years or 30 years, and I there was this hole in the market and I caught this really cool product idea and I, I don't know what to do with it. I, I don't know what, how to do supply chain. I don't know how to price and programs. I don't know how to put my product on the shelf. Um I don't I don't know all the things I don't know, in other words. But but the thing that they all had in common being service guys is that they didn't have any problem with the with the workload. So yeah, jump in and grind it out and figure it out, network. Um, find a team of people but they also in in some sense felt lost to some extent going well I had all these people around me in service now I don't I'm kind of on my own trying to figure it out so what the whole network concept was that military environment concept of everybody brings something to the fight and we all help each other out and we all kind of know that we're in the same boat doing different things it was never meant to necessarily be focused in the outdoor industry but because that's where I'd come from a lot of folks you know it's heavy there so we, uh, we did that. And one of the members of the, of the Alliance was operator coffee, um, which was a young air force operator and his wife that started the business out of Texas. And, and, uh, as they started their family decided that this was too big of an undertaking to do with starting a family. And so they, they were getting ready to just turn the business off. They were a couple of years into it and, uh, my wife and I ended up buying it from them. So it, um, you know, all of all of the things that are going on today now, because um, there's a lot of stuff going on today, all harkens back to that alliance group and mentality. And, and just it, it's felt the most like the military since getting out of the military, because it's it's a lot of ex-military people from all services um, and a lot of uh, spouses, friends, cousins of military folks. And it's it's uh, you know, it, it just all kind of ties together really nice. So it's it's been a good time for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well it's always the making of your own empire, right? To go, go, (laughs) go back about, oh, 13 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) When you made that comment about your dad, right? Yeah. Then, you know, why can't we just expand and you can create an empire, right? So yeah, it's like you, you, you ate your own dog food there. Right. So (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah for sure for sure well and 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 no and then you learn and you look back on that and you go you know dad had something um that he understood in keeping mm-hmm. life simple that's what worked for him um you know because things have gotten incredibly complex and lots of drama and lots of it's, it's like a great big family i mean you you served you know what that's like with the you have all types in the service right next to you, just like you do when you're not in the service. It's the same, you know, cross section of society and, wow. <laughs> and you get all types and, and there's drama and there's fights and there's, you know, people that they're friends today and not friends tomorrow and, and none of that ever changes. So there's been a lot of that, but, um, yeah, man. I mean, everything that we've got that I've got going on today is all all tied to that alliance network. I'm I'm uh, you know with alliance members, alliance companies, they they come to me and and members of the group that say, hey, I need help with this, or can you help me run this, or can you help me get the sales part growing here? Can you help us with marketing? Uh, my wife wears a lot of marketing side of the of the business. She's got her own business the marketing side. I do a lot of the sales and strategy side, and and so we spend a lot of time just talking through how we're going to help companies grow and so I'm working with uh, a network of alliance companies that are all kind of tied together out of Florida called Hyperion munitions um and they've got a sub-tier group you know he's a U.S Mil- Marine Corvette. Um, there's a uh, there's Coralite operations that's a U.S Navy seal veteran that's that's owns and operates that brand, but they're working out of the same factory same kind of idea. they're working together to mm-hmm. do more than they can one guy builds ammo, one guy builds guns. Um, They import stuff from uh, overseas and other lines. Um, They picked up a 1911 line out of uh, New York, U.S. made product, Ariskany Arms. Um, They import shotguns called Greysar Shotguns, um, which is a brand out of Turkey. And we kind of control what that product line looks like. And so um, the owner there, Dan, called me and said, hey, can you help me? Can you help me grow this business and figure out what all these brands, how they're going to work together and and do things, which made perfect sense to me from the concept of what the Alliance stood for to begin with. So I've kind of been running the sales team, building a sales team and helping that company grow. And and then a company, another another Alliance company that's been around from the beginning for the last six years called um, TACO. It's a coatings company. Um, he called me a year ago and said, man, I, I, I got this product line and I've been toiling with it and toiling with it. And I know I have something special here and I just need help. I need help to grow the business. And so we come alongside him and brought together some of the team and said, Hey, we got to go help this company grow and take their product to market. And, and um, so we're, we're doing that. So we, we've got a lot of hats, all of that on top of the coffee business we own now. So it's, it's been a, it's been a heck of a time for sure. And it's all fun. I mean, it's, it's a blast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I always look at it this way. Anytime you get the opportunity to, you know, change the trajectory or change somebody's life in a good way. That's a win-win, man. I mean, you know, That's
0: the too, fuel. That's the that's, fuel for sure. Every day is, it's uh, working with companies and helping see their families, you know, benefit from that. Cause you're talking small businesses. I mean, you're, they go sell a product and they put food on the table with it. It's not the corporate environment that's far removed from that. And then, You know, helping families do their thing, and then you know most of these companies have a uh, a big heart for vets and first responders, and they've got some measurable, tangible thing in their business that gives back to a charity of some sort or works closely with one. And and man, what a what a fun time that's been because you know, like I said, I didn't I didn't uh, deploy, didn't end up deploying in the Air Force. And the time I was in, being in program management, it just it wasn't a deployable career field, and um, I always carried kind of a a frustrating um you know a, a guilt kind of thing about that cuz everybody stood there and took the same oath I did and a lot of those people went and saw combat and I didn't and I thought well who am I to not have to go through that we all signed up for it and um had some guys in the military vet vet guys that you know basically said hey um there's a lot more you could do you don't have to be done just because you're not wearing the uniform there's a lot of folks that need help that need need things and so you know in the in the alliance there's 10 nonprofits that are all benefit that all benefit directly vets and first responders in some way so the event you talked about we have coming up this year in may is a is a, a gala in um in missouri outside of branson and uh jason redmond um navy seal jason redmond's going to come and speak and and we're raising money for one of our nonprofits in the alliance called oath um which uh west point grad uh runs and founded that and, and a good friend of ours and he lives in texas and he takes vets out on hunts and fishing trips and uh, military spouses on uh, on retreats and things like that. It's just uh, it's a really cool charity that he's got going on out of Texas. So, yeah, all and all of this has come out of that same original you know networking concept to say let's just get small businesses together and figure out how to help each
1: other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I will say this, brother, and the the you know you you joined during a time of war, which says more than anything anyway. So because you didn't deploy it man that shit doesn't matter it doesn't matter well it doesn't matter to those of us that give a shit right yeah so, well you
0: know, and i've been told by a lot of guys that did go yeah, you know, know just just be thankful you didn't because yeah it was, really it was yeah you yeah. know
1: i mean shit yeah. i did multiples myself and and uh you know if i could go back and probably tuck myself into a job somewhere to where I didn't have to do more than one. I probably would have, but, uh, but, you know, it it, it all comes down to this is uh, things happen because they're supposed to happen. And there's probably a bigger calling, right? And your calling just came when it was supposed to, right? And, and to, to me, you know, service is so much more than than just serving in the military too. Right. I mean, sure. I probably I guess, actually yeah, have more impact now.
0: <laughs> right. And I would agree with that for that's you what know? I was going to say. Too. Then I than I ever did, yeah.
1: you know, sure. I, and I, I put 23 years in, so, you know, but I've probably had more yeah. impact in the last seven or eight years than I've had out of that entire military career. So you know, now yeah, I
0: would agree. I, I was, I was in a little over seven and it was, I would say the same thing. You know, you're, wow. you're too young and dumb when you get started to no, know, you know, you're, you're, you know, I, I was proud to wear the uniform. I never had that issue, but you still don't really realize the, you know, the bigness of that yeah. um, or what could have been done. You know, you're, it's a job like everything else. Sure. That's how that's kind of how it felt at the time. And then you look back on it and it's something to be proud of. But yeah, I, I you know, once I, once it kind of clicked in my head that you know, service doesn't end because you took the uniform off and a lot of ways it's got bigger. Um it's it's still about giving back and helping people. And it didn't it doesn't even have to be, you know, military nonprofits. It's just help the neighbor next door. You might know, of the service. Oh, yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, My my neighbor, he's uh uh he was a major in the Marine Corps, force recon guy, three tours in NAM. Awesome. And uh he's 81 now. And <laughs> Every Monday night, I go every Monday night, I go over there and we have a shot of, of bourbon. We smoke a cigar, we drink a beer and watch the football game. Right now, my wife is like, so, so football's over. So what are you guys watching now? Cheerleading? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but, but. yeah, I those mean, guys are few they,
0: and far between these days. It's uh, yeah, that's that stuff that you carry with you forever. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And the, the point of that whole relationship is that, you know, he <laughs> has nobody. I mean, literally, there's there, his son lives in Virginia. It's his only child. His wife's passed away. And there's nobody up here but me. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I live on a block that's old people. <laughs> so I do all the plowing. <laughs> Plowing snow, you know, all the mister Fixit stuff when they need it, yada, yada, yada. Awesome. And, Good you for know, you. It's just fun. You know, we sit there and tell war stories and stuff and all this stuff on Monday nights. And we, I always joke because we don't really watch football, not really. <laughs> he, he was the one of the prior CEOs of Oracle. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, man, some of the stories yeah. that he tells about Oracle are not to ever be repeated, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> always <stories> <laughs> but, but yeah. So, anyway, so for those who didn't get some kind of lesson out of that whole thing we just went through, there was a whole bunch of them if you didn't catch them. But if you could share, like, your go to, what's your go to piece of advice for? you know, maybe a young founder or hell, even an old fart like us that's in business.
0: I don't think it matters what age you are. I mean, there's, there's an energy thing for sure in the age mm. difference, but for the most part, I mean, somebody that's starting a company, um, I, I've i worked harder to make less money as a business owner than I did when I was working in the corporate side. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for a second because, It's, um, it's a ridiculous volume of work and there's days where, you know, there's seasons even where you're just going, I don't know why the heck I'm doing this. And, uh, and it's, um, and then you come out the other side of that and you go, I I am, I've learned so much from so many people because it's raw and it's, it's, uh, it's just, it is what it is. The politics kind of goes away when you're in the small business sector and you're growing your business. Um, a lot of that big bureaucratic stuff goes because you kind of go, well, yeah, you know, I'm an, I, I I made it up this ladder and I'm I'm sitting in an office and I'm making a lot of money and I'm, you know, I'm going to shows and I'm eating fancy food and I'm traveling all over and somebody else is paying that bill and and it, and you get into that trap of feel it feeling self important and and the second you swap over and you start to run your own company, you, you realize that how how easy you had it over there and how spoiled you were because there's, you know, somebody sometime back in history started that company as a young company, went through all that grind to get it to the point where you can just get a nice paycheck. And, and, you know, it's not that I was never busy and I worked hard and I, I learned a lot doing it on the corporate side, but the workload and the lessons and the friendships and the reality of, of, uh, of the grind are so, um, so raw here. And, so, I mean, the big piece of advice from saying all that is, is just, you just don't quit. That's, that's the only way to succeed is you just don't quit. And you look around and you take stock of the stuff and the people that you met and the thing you've done. And and it's worth so much more than chasing after a dollar that ain't going to be here when you're gone. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where I sit every day. You know, I made a lot of money in my career and. I'm, uh, you know, now I'm working three young businesses, small businesses. That's, you know, you're back to kind of looking at paycheck to paycheck for a while. And you go, how did I get here some days? (laughs) Because it could have been so much easier, but, um, but I, when I evaluate it and I look at myself in the mirror, I go, I, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for a second.
1: Yeah. I, I think if you ask most people that you'd get the same answer and it's because once you get a taste of freedom, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's about the sure. taste
1: of freedom, right? It is because everybody can live on less, no matter what, right? And then once you get that taste of freedom, ain't no going back to that shit.
0: No, <laughs> no it's, it's a whole lot harder to be dragged back out of it. I mean, that's that's a that's a trade. I mean, it is you're you're spot on with that. It's a um, I can get in the truck and go anywhere I want tomorrow on my schedule. And mm-hmm. uh, book a meeting where I want to book it. Meet who I want to meet with, um, and that that's worth a lot of dollars. It really is.
1: Yep. Time is the one thing; it is the great equalizer, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I agree with that. Right, and can't make more of it, so you better make the most of it. <laughs> for sure, great like it comes down to that for sure. So, well, hey, where do you want people to get a hold of you? where they can help you make an impact?
0: You know, I think that uh, Antares Alliance, uh, we got a website for that. Uh, Everything that comes through there ends up with me eventually. Operatorcoffee.com gets to me also. Um, You know, we've dropped the the coffees blowing up and that's starting to show up in a lot of places. And so that's been a fun project for us. And um, either way, um, people can track me down and find me. Um, with the gala coming up, we're still looking for sponsors and donations and stuff to help do that. hundred percent of the proceeds are going to go to oath. The Alliance is keeping zero dollars out of that. Um, it's just something we want to do to have a charity event every year. So we're, you know, we're seeking some, seeking some ticket, ticket sales on that. Still a few of the tickets are sold. Um, we got a few more to move. Um, but yeah, I, I it's pretty easy to find me. I'm not hard to find these days.
1: <laughs> we should all be not hard to find. that's for sure so best to be an open book most of the time for sure yeah for sure no doubt about that well well hey in closing things out i always kind of like to explore this last question and that is if you could have invited anybody here today to either listen in or join us in the conversation um dead or alive any point in time doesn't matter who would have you loved to have here and why?
0: Um, man, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause there's so many that come to mind. Um, you know, when I get asked the question about, uh, kind of the idol in my life or the person I looked up to or the person I like to have, you know, to sit and talk through things with it's, it's, it always comes back to my dad. Um, mm-hmm. Because he he you know he worked for the corporation he had the small business um I've spent a ton of time with him in my life and I'm I'm thankful for that um still got him around we still hunt every season together and and uh, he's the you know he's the guy you know it's it's my wife and it's my dad those are the two people I really kind of confide in on a regular basis with the, you know what's going on today or or running business problems by and and both of them equivalently are, are engaged enough in what I have going on in the business side. My wife and I do most of it together. So she's in it with me. Um, yeah. But when she needs a break from hearing the same stuff for me over and over again, then I, I call my dad and we <laughs> talk, talk. So, and I've been, uh, the Alliance has brought my folks into it um, for a long time. They're pretty much out of it now and retired as of last year, but for, you know, four or five years on the front end, they were, they were right there going to the shows with us. And, and, uh, and it was cool. It was a really cool time. So I always kind of default to that one, I guess, when I when i'm asked a question
1: similar to that, yeah wow you know my my old man was a huge influence on me growing up he was my dad was a non-vet he was a infantryman and you know so i grew up with the gi joes and always sneaking into the basement and grabbing his og 107s and putting those on and and he couldn't
0: convince you to go to a different service could he
1: yeah well what's funny is is he didn't really convince me of anything right if anything he was like don't do that right
0: yeah that's what i was that's what was interesting that's what's interesting about it to me is that not not only was it did you do it but it was the same service because we used to i i was in uh I went back as a ROTC instructor just before I got out. And so I was dealing with a bunch of, a bunch of uh, college kids and going through the ROTC program. And we used to joke all the time that our, our best recruiters on the planet were Army dads for the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> like, go serve, go do that. But you should do the Air Force, not the Army. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. I mean, my dad really didn't want me to go in the military yeah, necessarily.
0: I can understand that.
1: You know, he, he didn't say, you know, necessarily come out and say don't do it but you know i went to maps took the you know the asvab did all that stuff and then it was different because they were looking for infantrymen right so they uh, and my dad said go be a truck driver at least if you do that you can come out with a skill right yeah So i go do all that i didn't know anything about what was a good (laughs) score bad score any of that stuff right and so I sit down and, and he goes, well, What do you want to do, son? And I said, Well, I want to be a truck driver. And he goes, Nope, you're too dumb to do that. <laughs> no, that doesn't
0: sound like a military response.
1: <laughs> he was like, You're way too dumb for that, son. I got airborne infantry ranger for you. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Well, what's that? <laughs> you're going to love it. Trust
0: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty much what he said, right? So he goes, funny. you know, the commercials on TV, you want to do that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like a good <laughs> and yeah, that's what I did. And boy, I tell you what, that was a long ways from being a truck driver. And then come find out <laughs> later, my scores were hired. Most Intel people. <laughs> so like, I got suckered, man.
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You weren't the only one.
1: Uh, yeah, and I got home. My dad goes, "What'd you do?" And I said, "Infantry." And he was like, "What?" I said, "They said I was too damn dumb, Dad, to be a truck driver." <laughs> it's like, "How's that like possible?" A- <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty funny. But hey, you know, you live and you learn. And when you're 18 years old, you don't know any better. No. Nope.
0: No, you think you do. That's the big, yeah. that's the big travesty about being 18 as you think you know better. Yeah. You and know I wouldn't, I, mean.
1: I wouldn't change it anyway. I wouldn't, even if I could go back and change it, I wouldn't change one thing about it. I had a great military service time for 23 years. You know, it was a little rough. I got pretty banged up and messed up, but you know, the, uh, But at the end of the day, hell, I got all my limbs. I can breathe fine, you know, all good. Can walk and talk and do a lot of damage in the world. So that's what matters.
0: Hard to to feel too bad about it because there's a lot of them that don't. So that's
1: it. That's it. I feel blessed to have not, to have came home many times without loss of limb for sure. So anyway, well, hey, thank you for your service, brother. I appreciate you and uh you know i always say we got the same 168 every week thanks for stopping by for 41
0: yeah likewise likewise to you thanks for your service thanks for thinking to me and tracking me down and and uh a pleasure to be on the show man
1: yeah and we're way too close not to go have a beer my god yeah we need to do that let's make <laughs> that happen <laughs> for sure for at least for sure you bring your family up this summer and we'll barbecue yeah that sounds good <laughs> love to. definitely all right cheers brother.